This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we take a closer look and dig a little deeper into this week's sermon. What's going on, Bible nerds? Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about the feeding of the 5,000. Let's take a closer look. Yeah. um, So the holidays exist as these extremely, like, busy times. Yeah. There's a lot of anxiety around these moments, lots of eyes on us. Everybody's trying to put their best face forward for their family that they never see. Christmas is a big event. For sure. And so in preparing and like thinking through that as a term of Advent, I wanted to take a story of Jesus where Jesus, what Jesus did after a big event. Like, as you see Jesus do some really big and monumental things. Mm-hmm. Arguably, the most crazy or big or, like, iconic, notable, whatever, you know, descriptor you want to use for it, is the feeding of the 5,000. So the feeding of the 5,000 is a story, one of the only stories that's recorded in all four Gospels. And it is a story of 5,000 men and their families being fed by five loaves of bread and two fish. Mm -hmm. Five loaves of bread and two fish. Based on the ancient Jewish like demographics that we have about the time, it's probably about 20,000 people in totality. And there's this story recorded in all four Gospels where Jesus takes those five loaves of bread and two fish. Uh, I think John is actually the one that tells us. Yeah. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves uh, and he gave them to the disciples to distribute out to the people. And at the end of it, there are 12 baskets of food left over. Yep. Very much so symbolic of the 12 tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the story. Mm-hmm. Jesus takes a lot of divine power to take five loaves of bread and two fish to feed 20,000 people. It's a lot. I need you to understand that. To multiply in that degree to the point that you have 12 baskets of food left over. That's a big moment. That is a big moment. You got 20,000 people looking at you in disbelief. And they're only there because they've been listening to you preach. Yeah. Before that. They are there to see you. And now you're going to feed them. This is a big event. An all-day conference kind of event where Jesus is the main character. Sometimes you feel that way walking into family Christmas. 
that mm-hmm. all eyes are on you and the drama in your life or the things that people don't agree that decisions that you've made. Yeah. So what does Jesus do? Jesus spends the day there. And I actually have a unique like side-by-side book where I've got all four of the gospel stories lined up next to each other because I'm not sure. At this point, I'm filming this two weeks early. I'm not sure when, I'm not sure which story I'm going to use. I know I'm going to use this story for it, though. Um, So this is what happens. So they distribute them, and all four of them have some version of this sentence, and they all ate and were satisfied. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they're told to gather up the fragment leftovers so that nothing is lost. Nothing is wasted. And so they gather up what's left, and all of them say there are 12 baskets of broken pieces um, of the fish and loaves. Just leftover pieces. 12 baskets of leftover pieces. And then... The only one of these four stories that records this next section is the Gospel of John. And this is in John chapter 6, beginning in verse 14, right before the speech about the bread of life. Verse 14. When the people saw the sign which he had done, They said, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Yeah. Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. I think we live in a culture that prizes and celebrates celebrities that lots of us thrive and live for that moment of the spotlight. So when we get in these moments of Christmas and the holidays where we have these moments to be in the spotlight, we lavish in them. Mm -hmm. But they end up creating lots of anxiety for us because we're lavishing in them. Maybe that's not the way to approach it. Maybe it's not the best way to walk into these spaces and gatherings with the mentality of I'm I'm arriving on the defensive and I'm going to take the spotlight because you're already thinking about it anyways. I think there's also another way to, to take it too. Um, those people that don't want the spotlight because those people also, I'm that person. Uh I would much, much rather not have the family. All eyes on you. Yeah. I don't want that attention. Right. Um, Because I am afraid that they're going to come to me and yada, 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 whatever, whatever. You've done this, this, and this, whatever. Yeah. You should have done this, this, and this. Yeah. Yeah. 
whatever. I, I am always afraid of that. Um, but I think for me, the, the going away thing, the taking time, um, cause that's where you're going with this is like in, in the, the hustle and bustle taking time for you to slow down, uh, from the all eyes on me, it's like no eyes on me just to recuperate. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, those of us who don't want the spotlight that are, that are just kind of there and, and existing, that is also very exhausting. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes it is good to go take time for yourself. Yeah. Um, to recharge your social battery. Um, because there's some of us that are like that. We can only take so much of it. Well, it's so true. It's so true. And I also think Jesus is somewhat like that. I think so. Because, so that story is recorded in all four Gospels. The story that we're about to enter into, which I think also plays into this, is immediately following that story in three of the Gospels. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's actually the story where Jesus walks on water. Okay. The only gospel that doesn't include that story is Luke. And this is what it says. Some modifier of time, then immediately next something. He made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side of the water. Dismiss the crowds and go to the other side. And after he had taken leave of them, Jesus, after they had went away, he went up to the mountain to pray by himself. When evening came, Matthew's version says, He was there alone. Clayton, what is there to do on the side of a mountain with no cell phone, no books, nothing to read, just you, nature, and your thoughts? You pray. Some way, shape, or form, you pray. If you don't have nothing else to do, you pray. You pray. Um, But here's what I've noticed. People need God less when they're busy. This is why church attendance is always at its lowest in the summer. Because people are busy in the summer. When we're busy, we think we don't need God. Um, And unfortunately, Christmas is the busiest time of the year. Yep. And it is literally here for the purpose of God. And yet I think that our culture outthinks the room here, and we're too busy for God at Christmas 
when it's supposed to be about God. Sure. Um, and Jesus only makes it in between big events. Lots of power exerted, lots of energy exerted, lots of divinity exerted to feed 20,000 people. Lots of divinity exerted, lots of energy exerted, lots of power exerted to walk on water. What's the thing in between them? What's the thing in the middle? What's the thing that's grounding for Jesus? Being alone. Hmm. Being alone to pray. By himself to pray. Um, because some of our most inst- intimate moments happen the smaller the amount of people are in the room mm. or in the vicinity. Our most intimate and vulnerable things happen with the least amount of people in the room. That's true. And how long was Jesus up there? So Jesus just spent an entire day with these people. Yeah. And then he sends everybody away. And then the text says, second half of John seven, John 6, 17. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. Hmm. Jesus spent an entire day alone, refueling, after that experience of the 20,000 people. Friends, it's okay to say you need a day. Hmm. It's okay to say you need a hot minute. It's okay to take time for yourself. Yeah. It's okay to step away, to be alone, to pray. Um, and you know what? I think that the gospel writers, because each of them note that, and when the evening came, they always note that Jesus was by himself all the way until evening. Yeah. Um, Jesus didn't work on somebody else's timeline. They noted that because they expected him to be there by the end of the next day. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't. Because Jesus knew he needed a minute. Mm-hmm. Um. Part of being divine and reflecting divinity is knowing what your limits are. And knowing what you need to refuel for that next big moment. Oh, yeah. Um, balance. For sure. Um, being able to understand what you as a person can take emotionally and physically. Yeah. Um, because at these, yeah, like we're coming up to, coming up to Thanksgiving, um, being able to to take that time to to rest um i have noticed in times where i didn't do that uh and i overexerted myself a bit i ended up saying things that i really wish i hadn't because i was not in the headspace for it i was not prepared and you can't take those things back you end up making mistakes and possibly even hurting people. Yeah. When you when you don't know your own your own boundaries. When you don't have boundaries for yourself. Yeah. 
Um, and you know what you can take and what you can't. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that is very important. Being able to understand what you can take and then what you can't. And then being okay with walking away. Making space that it's an acceptable behavior for you to walk away and be alone. Now, you also have to be able to do that for other people. Yep. Yep. It goes um, It goes both ways. But it, it does suck that it seems like we don't get that in our society. Like space where it's, it, it is okay to go do that. It's um, okay to take a minute if you need a minute by yourself. Yeah. It is. It is very important. And you need to do that. 